What's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by Seth Ott. Hello! And Jared Buckendall. The reels are off. The wheels are off already. Already we're off. He said reels. Uh, no, Jared, I said the reels. The reels are off. Oh, the reels. Yeah. Pun. Yeah. yeah. I, Comedy. I missed it. Gosh. <laughs> I, didn't see, I didn't see a movie uh, pun coming here on the Entertainment Outhouse. There's your rim shot for that one. The reels are uh, off. Uh, Jared joining us from jail. TikTok sl- giving you the old slap on the wrist this week for um, what must have been some very salacious comments that you made over there. Yes, yes. Um, I am currently someone's bitch in here, and they're they're treating <laughs> us well though. I've gotten Boys. thread count blanket of of ten, I believe. Um, so it it's going well. Oh yeah, you're really comfy, uh, mummy. How'd you get that audio? That's only supposed to be in here. Oh, you didn't know? You got to go to one two three prisonboys.com and uh... <laughs> <laughs> damn, you found it. <laughs> Jared's spending some time in uh, cell block D, it sounds like. (laughs) Not a good place to be. Seth, you were just laying out for us. You have a legendary Thursday night itinerary that you're looking forward to this week. Oh, yeah. Getting right off work and uh, heading to the movie theater. I've had a rough week at work. Been kind of overall poopy. So, you know what? I was like, (laughs) Thursday night, we're going to go see a couple movies. It's been, been a little bit since I've seen a Thursday night movie lines out perfectly seeing uh seeing one movie at five o'clock right away after i get off work cop shop jerry butler jerry butts is in this one uh <laughs> jerry butts good guy shout out jerry butts then right after that gonna go pick up chicken strips from the concession stand put in order to get them hot and ready for me right at seven o'clock heading right out of there going into another movie called blue bayou also with jerry butts no he's not in that one uh alicia vikander's <laughs> in that one though That'll be good. So, and then, uh, yeah, just enjoy me a nice little night and hopefully win some money on football after I get out of the theater. That's what I'm talking about. Don't forget to treat yourself, folks. Settle in. We're going to hit you with some entertainment news. We're going to play some games. We're going to give you some things, some reviews for some things that are out and get you looking forward to the weekend. So if you like Seth and Jared, I've had long weeks at work and in cell block D, then um, <laughs> we got some remedy coming to you in the form of the entertainment outhouse. Before we dive in, a couple quick announcements. First of all, our next live show is going to be this coming Wednesday. So Wednesday, September 22nd, that's going to be at 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Pacific over on the J Buck Studios YouTube page. At Jared Buckendall. We're going to be doing the Entertainment Outhouse live. We've had so much fun these last couple of months with y'all there in person, jumping into the comments, chatting. Look forward to some giveaways as well. So if you're hearing this episode before that live show comes out, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, join the mailing list, become an anchor wanker, all of those fun Wanka. things that you can do out there on sociallyconstipatedpod.com. So you've been warned. We're just a few days away from more giveaways. So if you want to get yourself a pair of movie tickets, uh, an Iron Sheik sticker, which we've just gotten the first batch of. So we're backstocked on uh, or backlisted on people who have won that we owe those to. But they'll start coming out now uh, here shortly. So if you want one, you're going to want to join us live uh, and you're going to want to interact with all of our pages and our social media profiles as much as you can over this next few days. we got a lot of show to do. So why don't we go ahead and dive into it here we're going to start with a little game time. This one's a classic. We're going to play Thesaurus Theater. Thesaurus. Okay, I got a question. Who is the guy that says theater there? Or not theater, oh. uh, Thesaurus. Do you know, Seth? I do, yeah. Is, is it the dude that, like, he's, he's the tall, lanky guy with glasses? It is not him. There's going to be a lot of people who watch probably the most popular television show of all time who are going to be yelling at you. Uh, Mike oh, v. it's from Friends, isn't it? It is yeah. from Friends. Yes, that is, uh, <sighs> that is of course, Chandler saying thesaurus. <laughs> Could I be any more thesaurus? <laughs> Could there be any more alternative words for hot? And by the way, I, I want to let this run as a bit, but I know that like Mike and I don't, probably like Abby aren't going to be able to rest if they think we got this wrong. I, I know that it's Joey. I made this. <laughs> <idea>. <laughs> I wanted that bit to go longer, but we got a game to play. Seth, what do you got lined up for us this week? Got Thesaurus Theater as the sounder signified. For those who don't remember or are first time listeners, why are you listening now? We've been doing this for many, many episodes now, but appreciate you jumping along. This game, Thesaurus Theater, I'm taking a, a title of a movie 
throwing it through the old thesaurus and uh, spitting out a word with some synonyms, or spitting out a title with some synonyms, <laughs> I will uh, go ahead and read the title now. The, the thesaurus title is Predicament Along the Contour. So predicament is... Honestly, I wanted to go to Panic at the Disco, but I don't think <laughs> that this is that kind of game. Well, could it be uh, Panic Room? I'll read it again. Predicament Along the Contour. And the is the same the in the title. Yeah, so like the, of, and uh are basically the three that I wouldn't change. Okay. For some reason, in my brain, contour is like going towards like geometry. And I'm like, that is not the way my brain needs (laughs) to be going. It could be like line. Maybe the contour line. Predicament? No. At first I was like, wait, is it north by northwest? But no, it's not a predicament. Hmm. Plus the has to be in there. Nah, it doesn't need to be in there. I feel like I'm really close to this. I think you're kind of close. Hmm. I think this is going to be a Clint Eastwood movie. And I'm just, I'm trying to work my way through that filmography. This is driving me fucking crazy. Predicament. Fight, trouble, problem, trouble. Trouble Trouble in... God, I'm st- my head is stuck on big trouble in little China. I know it's not that. I know that's <laughs> what I'm thinking too, but it's too many words. I think trouble, I think we're going the right way with trouble. Oh, I think I have it. Yeah. Trouble in... Ooh, is it Trouble in the West? Is that a movie? No. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've definitely got it. It's... I'm not surprised it took us a while, Jared, because no one fucking saw this movie. No one saw it. I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it any good? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Wait, uh, is this a Clint Eastwood movie? Mm-hmm. It is. I, I got nothing, guys. I, I'm horrible at this game. I'm pretty sure... And fuck you, Seth, for giving us this movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Trouble with the Curve. Is that it? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! Isn't that the one where he has like a daughter or a young girl and then he pushes her and she breaks her neck on home plate or something? It's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. Hillary <laughs> Swank. Yeah. yeah. She's a rising star as a catcher and, you know, well, you know what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't, don't spoil it for people. No, it's a good one though. Is it Amy Adams in that one? I don't remember who else. But I think they got I'm a thinking, father-daughter thing going on. Yeah, there's definitely a father-daughter thing. I can't. Do they own the team? It's been a while since I've seen it. Honestly, it's it would take some time for me to get there. Unless I'm confusing it with another movie, he can't see. And so she, his daughter watches the baseball and tells him what's oh. happening. And he, because he's a scout. He's he's always been a baseball scout. And so he oh, like, yeah. he's got a couple of guys that he's looking at. And so it follows these players that he's... I guess recruited or something. I don't know, but she gets involved because she helps him see stuff that he otherwise can't. <laughs> and is there like Chris Pratt or so- someone is in this as like you're a surprise that that person is in this movie? Is it Justin Timberlake? It I think it's just JT. Yeah, it is Justin yep, Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Yep. Oh, John Goodman. Good in here poll. As well. I think actually <laughs> Trouble with a Curve. That was actually a Cialis commercial as well. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Seth was going to make the uh, Cialis commercial the subject of the game, but he thought that that would be too difficult, so we didn't do that. Um, too hard is what I was getting at there, so you can have that one. <laughs> yeah, kind of a screwball there. <laughs> oh, no. You just got to throw it in the strike zone sometimes, you know what I mean? Uh, ball two. <laughs> I don't know, man. If I was a pitcher, I'd be throwing those backdoor sliders every day. Oh, my goodness gracious. You got to be careful, though. <laughs> you got to be careful when you're throwing the knuckleball, though. That one's the one that can get a little dangerous, a little tough to control. <laughs> a lot of ladies. That's right. That's right. Seth, nice done, nicely done. You, you stumped us. Uh, for the folks at home, through the magic of, magic of editing, we probably shortened this. We thought about that movie for 45 minutes before we got to it. <laughs> so nice job, Seth, throwing us the curveball. Uh, Clint Eastwood throwing some knuckleballs. <laughs> He's got his movie Cry Macho. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on uh, coming out this weekend. So Trouble with the Curve, the subject of this week's Thesaurus Theater. Thesaurus. <laughs> Rolando. 
Moving on from game time, let's take a look at a couple headlines, see what's happening in the world of entertainment this week. This is going to be our bathroom reading. Sitting on the toilet. Sitting on the toilet. We got sad news this week uh, in the entertainment world, specifically in the comedy world. Norm MacDonald, funny man for a very long time, died this week at the age of 61, uh, 10-year battle with cancer. Big outpouring of love for Norm. Uh, A lot of people sharing some of his favorite jokes and things. One of you guys, I think Seth maybe uh, shared a clip, his moth joke that he tells on Conan (laughs) O'Brien. We won't play it in its entirety because it's four minutes long, but it is fucking hilarious. We're going to link to it in the description box. If you haven't been on Twitter or social media in general, get on there, search for some Norm MacDonald clips, and you're going to have yourself a fun time. The dude, so funny, so unique in his style. Got a, at least one special I know on Netflix, and then he had a talk show on Netflix mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago too. So lots of Norm out there. If you've not been exposed to this guy and his comedy before, go check it out. And, you know, if you're like me in, in the in the comedy sphere, then you know how, how well-respected he is among comics and, and how many people like him. So sad news from Norm, but he's, been, it's, he's one of those guys that has always been around and he never goes away for very long at a time. And so I feel like depending on how old you are, you have just so many different types of memories. Like we didn't see him on SNL, but we saw a couple of the sitcoms that he was on. You know, we saw him, his, his Netflix show, obviously. And so we got to know him a little bit more as an older man. Uh, a lot of people knew him, like I said, on SNL and some other things. He did that movie Dirty Work, which I actually saw. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah Jared, that sounds like the one. Ex- I would have bet, actually, that you have seen and loved that movie from way back in the day. Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, I've, I have no idea why I've seen it so many times. But I, the one bit I always remember is just there's hookers. All, there's dead hookers in the trunks. <laughs> Because there's like a used car sales place that they're trying to. Well, basically, he's he's hired to do dirty deeds for people or dirty work, and yeah, puts a bunch of dead hookers in in the cars. Really goddamn funny and and well liked. Seth, what you got any Norm? Obviously, you have the the moth joke clip, which is I, yeah. I cannot stress enough. It's four minutes long. You fucking have to see this if you haven't. Yeah. I had not seen this joke before until like yesterday. I watched it and I was cackling. Yep. Like I I love it. I'm so so much respect for him as a comic. Uh, what else yeah. do you remember seeing him in, or are you just watching a lot of clips lately? Well, I think the most iconic thing is Turd Ferguson, right? Like, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Fu- oh yeah, he's fucking Turd Ferguson. Like, that's gonna be one of the, that's that is one of the all time best SNL sketches ever. Like, one of the most quoted SNL sketches. It's fucking Turd Ferguson. Come on, man. Like, that's hilarious. Obviously, he was in like Billy Madison. There's one other movie role that uh, I can't pull it. Uh, Deuce Bigelow. No. Um, yeah, he did a handful of kind of smaller roles. Yeah, that, that that's the thing that I'll always remember about him is like he is he is one of the best bit players ever in comedy, mm-hmm. especially in movies. Like he's so good at coming in and doing a specific thing and crushing it every time. So it's a bummer. It's a bummer that he's gone. But it, I mean, it's so fitting of him to like not tell anyone and not let this come out. And like you said, Cody, he kind of like pops in and out or he'd popped in and out, but he always just nailed everything he did. He wasn't afraid to to kind of push the limits, but never get too... Mm-hmm. Like, he, he never set out to offend anyone, but his jokes maybe would, but you also knew he was joking. He, he wasn't one of the shot comments where the comics where they're, like, per, just being offensive. Or this, someone, like, for those who, like, know comics, like a Tony Hinchcliffe. He, like, he, he's the type of comic where he'll just, like, say offensive shit to say offensive shit and to try and, like, shock mm-hmm. people. And then he'll be like, well, it's comedy. It's like, no. Like, craft a Even joke. Even though, yeah, he, yeah it's, it's him meaning it, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even just, like, it's not a smart way of crafting it. Like, nor, like that fucking moth bit is mm-hmm. he, he is so good at crafting a joke where he sets something up in the beginning, goes so far away from it, <laughs> and then comes back at the end, and it's hilarious. And that's, that's um, how a lot of his comedy is. There's another one. Have you guys seen the interview that he did with Larry King? No. Yes, the Larry King one is hilarious. The the closeted. <laughs> yeah. It's like a I don't know. It's like 45 seconds or something, and it is hysterical. Where Larry King thinks he's like breaking a scoop, and then Norm is just essentially fucking with him the whole time. Yeah, this one's short, so we can play a little bit. Yeah, of play a, that. A one. little bit of a clip from this one. What's something people don't know about you? I'm a deeply closeted gay guy. No kidding. Well, I'm not coming out, though. <laughs> Wait a minute. What are you revealing here today? I'm, I'm not revealing anything. I'm saying I'm deeply closeted. 
Well, that means you're gay. Well, I, I wouldn't say that. Why would I say that? I'm deeply closeted. <laughs> no, but I, that means you're very, very gay, but you don't want to come out. You're so closeted. That I refuse to say I'm gay. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They go on for another like 30 seconds, like with this who's on first thing. And it, oh my God. And you can see that he knows that he's being cheeky the entire time. That's one of the things I like yeah. about him too, is he, he, he wasn't hiding it. Like you knew he was doing a bit. You just didn't know what exactly was the bit. He's the fucking Sahara desert of comics. He's so fucking dry. It's, it's hilarious. He's so good at that. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, some of the stuff that you guys may have seen him in. So Billy, Billy Madison was mentioned. Dirty Work we talked about. He's in Doctor Doolittle. Uh, he does a voice in the, that's the Eddie Murphy one. Deuce Bigelow. He was on the Drew Carey show. I had forgotten that he was on there, actually. But he had his own show, Norm, which I think actually was the first time I remember seeing him was on his show. I want to say that it was on ABC, and uh, the Michael family definitely watched that. There was, he was on Fairly Odd Parents uh, as Norm the Genie. I had forgotten about that one until someone posted it. My name is Earl, obviously SNL. Funny people. Jack and Jill. That's what I'm thinking of. Jack and Jill. Yep, exactly. Fun Bucket. I don't know what the hell that is because I haven't seen that movie. He's the voice of death and family guy. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, and he's so funny in that role. Oh, that yeah. Is, that's, yeah, that's a good one because he just plays it so just like regular. You know, he doesn't Hey, do I'm death. death. Yeah. yeah. It's just his voice. Oh, my God. He seemed to be the type of guy that would be pretty loyal with his friends. Like he, like obviously, he did a lot of Seth MacFarlane stuff. He did a lot of Adam Sandler and Rob Schneider stuff. So like, just it seemed like a, I mean, obviously, a lot. Of, if, if you saw on Twitter, till today, like a day after, like we're recording this the day after he passed, and there's still tons of tweets and people saying stuff, and everyone loved him. I actually saw one cool thing. So we're fans of the Schmodown, right? And Jennifer Sturger, um, who was the she was the girl that had stuff happen with Brett Favre way back in the day with the penis pictures and all that. So she's a stand-up, too. And he reached out to her, like, right after that happened and, like, pitched, a like, a sketch idea. He was going to, like, he said, I would do this with you. Is this something you'd be interested in doing? And she's like, no, I'm, I'm not kind of, right now it's just still really raw and I don't, you know, like, this is pretty traumatic and blah, blah, blah. And so he messaged her back and he was like, totally understand if I can do anything to help, let me know. But I, my suggestion would be the sooner you can laugh about it and make this into comedy, the sooner you will move on from it and be better from it. And like was really encouraging and nice to her. Uh, and that's like the same thing that I, that all these tweets and people, you know, saying stuff are the, the same thing. It's like as dry and as, you know, sarcastic as he could be on camera, he was 10 times more nice off screen and like was just the coolest, nicest guy. So it's cool that everyone's been saying nice things and that he was, it seemed like he was just like the a super great dude uh, off screen. Mm-hmm. So just thought that was a cool story for someone like he didn't know her at all. Like he just reached out and wanted to help her, you know, after, after that happened and the worst moment of her life that he was just like, you know, this, we can make this funny and gave her advice. And, you know, it took her a while to get over it and everything, but she tweeted yesterday, like that was one of the, one of the first things that kind of got her to start to move on from it. So he didn't have to do that. Like that was just a cool fucking thing. Yeah. All sorts of stories are out there now about how he, you know, had a conversation with someone or, uh, you know, gave someone some advice or whatever, but yeah, you're, you're totally right. His reputation is one of, of a super, super nice guy, obviously well-respected. Norm will definitely be missed, uh, but there is lots of Norm content out there. So you can go and check out some of that stuff online and I'm sure it's all making the rounds now. So um, shouts out to Norm McDonald. Give people their flowers while they're here. I think that's the one thing that I've learned mm-hmm. with some of the early celebrity deaths. We yeah. got to tell these people this stuff while they're here. And, and I know he got a, certainly a, a, an amount of reverence while he's around. But uh, yeah, yeah, you got to give give folks their flowers for sure. Conan O'Brien is and who is in that clip with the he's the talk show host in that clip with the the moth joke. I know those two are pretty close. And and Conan over the years on the podcast and the TV show has always talked about how funny. No, he he's said many times Norm is one of if not the funniest people that he's ever met and nicest people. So it just great stories and too bad you know he hasn't been around as much um, even prior to you know seems like with the cancer and everything, but. I don't think he got quite as much work as he probably should have, you know, like he, he could have been even bigger, I think, but he's also a pretty, 
he's kind of an acquired taste in a way too with his dry humor so i kind of get why sure. too he never like was super mainstream rest in peace to norm and uh again if you're if you're not familiar with with norm and his comedy get out there and check out some stuff i promise you're gonna laugh your ass off especially that's moth joke we're gonna we're gonna link to the moth one it's worth the four minutes i promise so go, go check that one out for sure i love that moth one especially because and i didn't know this before i watched it yesterday it's the exact type of joke I love to tell. It's my favorite type of shit. And I didn't even realize it, but I was I must have at some point been influenced by Norm in my own comedy. So that's a crazy thing to realize, but not that surprised now that I'm thinking about it. We are going to switch gears here, and it feels a little gross to switch to something so much less serious, but we're going to talk a little MCU. We got the newest trailer, Hot Off the Heels of Shang-Chi, which is still out there in theaters, for Hawkeye. So this is going to be Disney Plus series that's going to start later this year in November. Released the first trailer. Uh, Of course, you have Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. Haley Steinfeld is joining as well. Kate Bishop. There you go. Thank you. You knew I was about to forget her name. Kate Bishop, yes. Uh, Another expert archer who is going to have a... uh, Well, we don't know quite yet what type of relationship they're going to have. If it's a training one, if it's a buddy buddy one um, if it's an what? intimate one uh oh it could be could be intimate mm. i don't know linda but, cardellini's uh, gonna get mad saucy i like Haley steinfeld but linda, linda cardellini's uh she's she's a um she's a ride or die she was she was their pre-blip <laughs> I, I think he's got to stick with her <laughs> <laughs> but jared i think a lot of people were surprised you, you caught this trailer i think a lot of people were surprised a little bit of a holiday theme that we maybe didn't see coming what were your thoughts on the trailer in general Yeah, I don't know. I think it was like the night before it dropped, like, you know, what, 12 hours before, they just casually put it on their stories. Uh, Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld was like, hey, trailer tomorrow. And everyone's like, holy crap, we're getting a new MCU trailer. Ah, Deborah. (laughs) Deborah. (laughs) So, yeah, I I guess um, the first time I watched this or right after, I was like, I don't know how to feel about this. But then going back and whatnot i'm like this is going to be like the like die hard the lethal weapon with a hint of like home alone almost yeah because it's very much leaning into like this christmas theme like a shane black type movie feel where it's going to be you know what almost a buddy cop buddy movie or a buddy yeah. show and then them getting into all sorts of scrambles and whatnot so i don't know if either of you two watched it but yeah it Looks like the relationship between the two of them is going to probably be, hopefully, the highlight of it. Probably more on brand with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier rather yeah. than um, WandaVision. WandaVision and Loka. Yeah, yeah, not too like crazy. It's more kind of grounded. Uh, one thing that some people pointed out, and I was like, you know what? Maybe you're, you're kind of right. It feels like all of these MCU shows and movies and stuff, it doesn't feel like New York or any city is really like a kind of a character. It feels very kind of like void of people. And from this trailer, it looks like it's going to be kind of that bustling city feel. Um, And again, I I mentioned like Lethal Weapon. There's a handful of scenes that they're driving through like a Christmas tree lot. And again, that's kind of how that movie uh, starts and whatnot. So I think the biggest thing is it's coming out November 24th. And I think it ends Christmas or New Year's. Like I think it's six episodes. So it's going to have, like, that's why I think people are going to love it is because it's going to feel like Christmas. It's going to feel like family. It's going to be something that I think people will probably go back to, you know, maybe every year. They're like, hey, we're going to watch Falcon and the, or not Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but uh, Hawkeye, you know. I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are if you guys saw it. I think I watched part of the trailer without the sound, and then I saw posters Mm -hmm. and stuff. And like you said, Jared, the, the holiday thing. I mean, I was already pretty excited for this because of some like post-credit things that we've seen some in some of the the Marvel releases that have been in theaters recently. I won't say anything more just for people who haven't gotten a chance to see some of those. So we already know there's going to be some integration here with this one. It coming out November 24th. I had no idea when this is coming out. I thought this mm-hmm. was coming out like next year or something. And so for it to come out in November, for one I'm just pumped to have an MCU live action show cuz I've I've seen a couple episodes of What If? I've liked it, but I'm not like waiting to see it every single morning uh, Wednesday morning like I was with the other shows this one I'm totally going to be doing that and then the holiday thing like it comes out around or right like basically Thanksgiving and the day after Thanksgiving is when I go into Christmas mode and when I when I feel like okay holiday season holiday cheer so this will be like a perfect like keep me in the mood all you know keep me in the Christmas mood all like holiday season nice countdown 
Yeah. Plus, last year when we got WandaVision, that was coming out, like, winter, you know? And I enjoyed having that weekly show, like, wake up in the morning, like, kind of have a blanket on, maybe have a coffee or something, Mm -hmm. and enjoy that in the morning. And I'm going to get that again with this. So just a bunch of stuff at once. Plus, I love... Uh, arrow shows. Duh, I watched an arrow show for fucking nine years or however long that was on. <laughs> you gotta and, fill that arrow void that you have. <laughs> exactly. I've always been a fan of Jeremy Renner and Hawkeye. He's not like my favorite hero, but I like the, his portrayal of that character. And then throwing Haley Steinfeld. She's actually a really good actress, too. Uh, Edge of 17 is a fantastic movie. So I'm excited to see her. I'm just pumped for this one. I'm really. This is one of the shows I was actually a little bit more excited for in general. So it, for it coming sooner, I can't wait to see it. Well, and also, you're a big fan of dogs, and they have a, a side character, uh, Lucky the Pizza Dog. Hell yeah. Wait, oh, nuh uh, A pizza a dog? A pizza dog. Yeah, I guess he really loves pizza. Um, he only yeah. has one eye. Um, Me too. Very, I, I think it's going to be fun. You know, Lucky wow. the Pizza Dog, everyone. Seth is going to end up adopting a dog. Uh, if, <laughs> <laughs> and calling him Lucky the Pizza Dog. I'll call him Pizza the Lucky Dog. There pizza the Lucky Dog. There you go. <laughs> I'm with you guys on this one. I I think this is going to be really fun. I think we're in a space now where we're starting to see the pattern for the MCU. And it's it's what we've been talking about for so long. I go all the way back to the Winter Soldier. I remember the big praise everyone was giving the Winter Soldier was... Yeah, this is about superheroes, but it's it's a genre movie, right? It's mm-hmm. it's a, an espionage thriller, and we're mm-hmm. hearing now that like Doctor Strange is going to be a horror influence with Raimi coming <laughs> right. on, and you know we've gotten different genre genres have been represented. Genius, really, really heavy <laughs> into the really heavy into the sci-fi and fantasy with Loki. You know, we got into the the TV and the sitcom stuff with WandaVision, and we got action, terror, counterterrorism thing with with Hawkeye, or sorry, Captain America and the Winter Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Sorry. <laughs> and if this is gonna be like Jared said, Die Hard or Lethal Weapon, and we have mm-hmm. a buddy cop set around the holidays, like holidays? definitely give me that shit. Like mm-hmm. it sounds like it's gonna be fun, relatively lighthearted. Both of these actors, uh, Haley Steinfeld and Jeremy Renner, can do comedy and have done so. So really effectively by the way if you haven't seen tag yeah that is i never such saw a that good one or, or a very very good comedy uh, i would i would recommend let's go ahead and give tag the retro recommend this week that's that's an old enough one and he is hysterical in it his character is perfect this could be a uh, whole lot of fun the other thing too is this is coming out during a time when all other shows aren't coming out. So if right. they do put this out, it's going to be huge. It's over. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's over the winter break. Everyone is going to be talking about this over the holidays. It's going to be so, so much. Oh, fun. fuck. Yeah. It's going to lead right into. I'm pretty sure the Boba Fett series is going to be coming out like right on the table. Oh, dude. And I think you also, right. If this were to come out any other time of the of the year, though, I also think this would do super well just because he's an original. He's been in the MCU since the beginning, original Avenger and everything. And regardless of what we think, like as more quote-unquote hardcore invested MCU fans, the general audience of the Marvel audience saw him in the first Avengers. And they're like, oh, Hawkeye, we know him. Like, I think the same thing happened with Loki. One of the reasons Loki did so well. It's like, oh, yeah, he was in the Avengers. Like, I think the people who aren't super invested in it are going to watch it because they know someone. You know, and they're paying mm-hmm. for Disney Plus. So I think this is going to get a ton of casual people in it. And then obviously the, you know, the hardcore fans and the, the people who just want a good Christmas thing. The one thing that they need to do, though, just it, there, it's a missed opportunity if they don't do it. We need a, a terrible man. Cameo in this man. One. <laughs> Put the cookie down. God, if there's no turbo man Jamie. cameo, I'm going to be real pissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> Christmas movie with superheroes, Turbo Man. Hell yeah. No, th- and that's the thing. After hearing both of you guys kind of talk about it and give your opinions, I-, I just imagine or I picture, you know, waking up early and watching it, you know, maybe some snow falling. I got my Christmas tree lit up. I'm under blankets. Like, that is what I want every week watching this yep. show. Yep. I think they said that they're they're going to go to Wednesdays for the rest of the shows now. Yeah. If they did go to Fridays, then there would be an episode on Christmas Eve. I think that would be kind of fun. We'll see on Hawkeye. 
a lot of excitement here for this one. Uh, so yep. we'll see how it turns out. Could be very, very fun. Uh, but regardless, it's going to have suck. a lot of eyes on it. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> if it sucks, hey, if, if it's Christmas-themed, it, it's it at least has that going for it. Yeah, exactly. Hard to avoid. If, you, if you're okay. trying to avoid the MCU, you, you really can't. We still have What If finishing up the Inhumans coming out, and then Eternals. Spider-Man. Eternals. The Inhumans already happened, Cody. Kinda. Oh, sorry. I got my groups of spacefaring, little-known MCU groups <laughs> mix, mixed up there. Very, <laughs> very, very easy to do. The Eternals, that is, yes. And then Spidey, and then, and in the mix of all that, Hawkeye. So it would be interesting if Hawkeye somehow, you know, uh, related Tied to, yeah, because it'll Spidey. be, it will be right in the middle of the season when Spidey does come out, so. Dude, yeah. he better be swinging through a scene. I think it'd be dope. Hey, Spider-Man, I'll shoot a nail for you. Merry Christmas, Spider-Man. That's why Turbo Man's going to be in it. He's going to fly <laughs> through a fucking portal that Doctor Strange opens oh. up, and he's going to be like, Turbo Man. And then Sinbad comes in. No, Shaq. Yeah, Shaq. A lot of people get that confused. It's Shaquille O'Neal. My bad. That is such a deep, we're not going to explain it, but if you get that joke, you're a nerd. Like, yeah, that's a good joke. That's yeah, that's a deep one. So Hawkeye, MCU, they got us by the nuts uh, every week. They got us they got by us the short them. hairs. Yes, they do, and they got us by the wallets too. Show me the money! That's Kevin Feige. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta use that one more often. Uh, do you know what that's from, Jared? Oh shoot, uh, Top Gun. <laughs> Never forget that iconic scene where he's yelling at Goose on the phone. It's right before they go play volleyball. They bet a lot of money on the volleyball game, and so that's why he's yelling that at him. That's actually uh, Shaq from Jingle All the Way yelling that. <laughs> that guy could not fit in a jet. <laughs> what are we talking about? We got Hawkeye, a lot of MCU news. Let's get the hell out of bathroom reading here. MCU news, Hawkeye updates, and of course, uh, a hearty rest in peace to Norm MacDonald wrapping up our bathroom reading there. Sitting on a toilet. Now flush. talking about some some big things this fall but uh the fall movie season has already started so we got a number of films to get into uh some reviews for so let's fire it up mom what do you think i love it i hated it i'll kick us off with a quick review of a stand-up special that i recently caught on netflix this one is called philly philly wang wang it's a, <laughs> a comedy special by phil wang hence you know the name and I had never seen Phil Wang before. This was recommended to me uh, by a guy that I work with, actually. I really enjoyed the special. It's very, I'm, I'm finding more and more that I have respect for people who work relatively clean. It's not easy to do, but this is that. Uh, he's definitely some cuss words in there and there's a little bit of a sexual material, but it's not as vulgar as like my stuff is. And, and I recognize that that can be difficult sometimes. So Phil is, he's British uh, and then Chinese as well. So he talks a lot about that. It was filmed post-pandemic, the reduced audience size. So he's got some jokes about about the pandemic and, and everything that goes along with that. So I would say it's just like a really easily digestible, inoffensive comedy special. And probably you haven't heard of this guy uh, like I hadn't. So uh, this is getting advertised pretty heavily on Netflix right now. So go ahead and give it a click. I, I give it a thumb up. And uh, yeah, so go check out Phil Wang if you're looking for some yucks. We're going to stay on Netflix. Jared, we have been watching Untold, the series of sports documentaries. I have not seen this this one that you're going to review today, but very interested in the story. Yeah, yeah. The Untold, I think there, I think there's maybe one or two more that they're pumping out every single week, you know, kind of a sports doc. We already talked about the crazy hockey one, which I've recommended to many, many people. This latest one is called Breaking Point, and it's essentially around um, uh, U.S. men's tennis and then specifically uh, Marty Fish. Uh, the Fish! It wasn't as crazy or as intense as the first two, uh, Malice at the Palace or Malice in the Palace and penal Crime and Penalties, but this one was like kind of interesting of, you know, they had these, you, the U.S. had these big heavy hitters of tennis, you know, kind of in the 70s and 80s, uh, like Johnny Mac, uh, McElroy, is that what his name was? And McEnroe? Yeah, there we go. Thank you. From uh, Mr. Deeds, I believe. <laughs> um 
So it was it was kind of going over those like bad boys and you know the big names of tennis and they were aging out and the US didn't have anyone to really fill those spots. So they kind of like set up this program to like start training kids and then picking the best 1000, the best 500, the best 200 and then narrowing it down. And it ended up being kind of a story of Marty Fish and then Andy Roddick, I believe. And those two best friends, uh they they ended up like you know, essentially letting Marty Fish like live with them for a couple years because they needed someone to help Andy practice. And then he ended up being the one that kind of got the fame and whatnot. So then you can kind of see how that like, oh, well, I was just the one helping him. You know, I, I never got the spotlight. Isn't Andy Roddick married to Brooklyn Decker? Because if he got fame over this guy and then got to marry Brooklyn Decker, I would be mad too. <laughs> You're right, Andy Roddick, uh, married oh, since 2009. Oh, this guy. Yeah. How has he not murdered Andy Roddick yet then? Yeah, yeah no, shit. and the thing is, they touch on that quite a bit of the Andy guy. Like, it, there was one match, and it was basically whoever won got They're the person. life, you know, yeah. got everything. And this guy, you know, he was just, this uh, Marty Fish was basically living in his shadow. But then you, you see this interesting turn of... You know, he's a few years out of tennis. He's kind of, you know, put on some weight and stuff. And he just, he got one of those uh, chambers, uh, hyperbolic chambers or something, where you just, like, all of your senses are heightened because it's yeah. complete, like, absence Silence. of, you know, sound. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And he had, like, an epiphany, and he's like, I'm going to come back to tennis. Trained his fucking ass off, and at 30, I think it was, or 29, came back into the tour and then became the best in the world, or the best in the U.S. at that time. Finally, after, I think, like, nine matches beating the Andy uh, Roddick that he grew up with. But this is just kind of scratching the surface, because then it dives into, again, that that breaking point of the title of his body, his everything was, you know, peak shape, but his mind wasn't. He never... Mm really like dove into kind of things he had been dealing with and you see how that really affects him and stuff and it was an interesting thing of at 30 you know he's like is this what I should be doing with my life like it very much kind of related to me as again Mm -hmm. I just had my birthday and I'm like what am I doing with my life this (laughs) guy also was like what am I doing with my life but it was interesting to see kind of just how tennis played out and how the U.S. was so like we need to have the best team or the best players. And then all of these other countries of people coming in, like Roger Federer, for yeah, example. Nadal. Just, yeah, just <laughs> completely murdering everyone from the U.S. And then they're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, now we have to fight for it. So yep. it's it's a pretty interesting look at tennis or U.S. Mm-hmm. tennis, but then also just kind of the mental health aspect of just being more aware of things. Definitely check it out if any of that interests you. It actually does kind of interest me a bit because I, I remember, especially back like when I had cable and stuff, I was definitely like a daily sports center person. Mm-hmm. And so they covered tennis quite a bit back then. Um, and they probably still do, but there was a lot of tennis coverage and it was all about Nadal and Federer. Roddick was really hot for a while and then like he kind of fell off. And it was always about those two, like those two. And I think still like Federer. I think they both mm-hmm. both still might be pretty competitive and they're they're older but that was always the thing like you're talking about like the US was always trying to be the best and they never could quite beat those guys and Roddick was seemed to be like the best chance the US had and it never came to be. Yeah. There's there's an interesting thing of them talking about how he was the best and they're like, "Yeah, we're pretty sure he was purposely throwing some games otherwise it would have been a complete blowout and he didn't want the fans to not get their money's worth. And it was just such an interesting look at how someone could be so good. Those tennis players, dude. And it's you're, the the mental aspect really interests me because those solo sports like that, like when you are standing down there by yourself on the on the tennis court and you can't hide, that's a whole different kind of thing. And you yep. hear about that with gymnasts too. There was a, uh, obviously a lot of talk around Simone Biles in the the Olympics this year. That's a whole other ball game, so that is cool. Andy Roddick, by the way, same birthday as you, Seth. Nine years earlier. And I don't know what your sign is, but a little connection with you guys there. I think that means uh, I'm going to marry uh, Brooklyn Decker. <laughs> there you go. Jump there in that go. back seat. I remember seeing the trailer for uh, Just Go With It, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to marry that woman someday. <laughs> <laughs> Keep us posted on your quest for yeah. the hand of Brooklyn Decker. Breaking Point is another episode of Untold. You can see all those on Netflix. 
at least three of those up to that we're up to now that are that are definitely recommends. I'm gonna check this one out. So thank you, Jared. Seth, let's go to you. It's funny, I, we were writing down things that we saw this week and, and you forgot this one for a while. I hope that's not an indicator uh, of its no. quality, but we have Oscar Isaac in, in a new one uh, from this last weekend. Yes, yes, yes. The Card Counter is the name of this film. It was written and directed by Paul Schrader. First Reformed, he's the writer and director of that. And uh, oh, also the writer of ta- Taxi Driver as well. Not quite as out there or heavy as uh, as something like First Reformed. Essentially what this is here, Oscar Isaac is a former, kind of former. Uh, he, he was previously incarcerated. I was going to say former criminal. He's still kind of a criminal here because he's counting cards. Surprise, surprise. But he uh, basically, he, he's someone who can count cards. He learned how to do it in prison and goes around casinos all over essentially the country um, and wins you know, money playing blackjack. Essentially, he wins enough money where he doesn't get a, too much attention on him, but a fair amount of money if you're doing that, you know, six, seven days a week or whatever and going to casino, casino. Eventually, he gets approached by Tiffany Haddish, his character, who I'm just going to say Tiffany Haddish because Tiffany Haddish is always Tiffany Haddish in everything she does. She is not someone <laughs> who blends into any movie that she's ever in. And then also Ty Sheridan, who is a kid he comes upon uh, at a casino and uh, decides to kind of take him under his wing. There's some other motivations behind that. I won't reveal those because there are some interesting twists and turns in this one. They kind of just drop you in here. He does a lot of voiceover, Oscar Isaac does. He, he starts off by explaining first how card counting works, which I think is really cool. It's something I want to actually read into more. But he, they actually do like a little bit of a diagram right at the beginning of like, here's the basics of card counting. Um, and he explains it all. It's really cool uh, how they kind of do that. Like they, they put numbers on the screen to kind of show the math of it. I think I did see 21 when we were in Vegas, actually, that movie. I don't really remember it super well, but do they do some of that type of stuff? Yeah, yeah they the tell you enough. one, minus one. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, they do this in a in a pretty simple way too. Here, I think it looks really cool. So they you kind of start off telling you that the basics of that, and then you kind of you know piece by piece kind of put together what has happened in in his life and why he is where he's at, and they do kind of some back and forth and things like that. Tiffany Haddish plays essentially what's considered a, a sponsor, so she pays the buy-in for Oscar Isaac to go play poker tournaments. And so that's kind of the, the basics of the movie, of, of him running the circuit, and he has some motivations behind that as well. The movie itself has, like, the way it's 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 shot and kind of put, like, edited together feels like a music video at times because there is a lot of, like I said, there's voiceover, but there's a lot of, like, just, like, long, slow scenes of music, some really cool, like, shots with... Um, there's one scene in particular where there's a bunch of, like christmas lights kind of it's like a like a exhibit where there's a bunch of like lights and everything and they the way they shoot that with a lot of like focus going in and out and things really cool so they do a lot of different interesting stuff with the the cinematography in it the movie is pretty slow i I, yeah it's it's slow it kind of goes all over the place like i said with the kind of jumping back and forth once they tell you everything it makes a lot more sense and as a whole, I enjoyed what they did with the story and kind of the twists and the turns, but especially early on, you're a bit confused of what's going on. So it takes a bit to, to get into it and, un, and fully understand it. But Oscar Isaac is awesome. Ty Sheridan is good in this as well. Willem Dafoe, I forgot, is in it. He kind of plays the the an- antagonist in this one. I'll leave it at that. I mean, they they all do a good job except for, I mean, Tiffany Haddish isn't bad, but she is she's just not a great actress, I don't think. Oh! <gasps> The way she speaks, the way that she... She can't transform. She sounds like her. She looks like her. She talks like... Like, she never does anything different in a movie. And so I'm like, every time I look at her, I'm like, you are... You're Tiffany Haddish. You are fucking Girls Trip and all that stuff. Like, I I just only see her doing her thing in it. So, kind of took me out of it with her a bit. I I thought that was not the best casting, honestly. I I, kind of feel like if there's someone else in that role, I might have enjoyed it a little bit more. And again, not to say that she's terrible. Like, she's able to deliver a line and know her lines, but it's just her. Like, she takes me out of it, and she seems like she's out of place in this one. But overall, Hmm. really liked it a lot. Interesting twists and turns. Cool style. I would, I would recommend this one, especially if you're a fan of some of those other movies I mentioned, First Reformed or, or Taxi Driver. Not Again, not quite as like out there, but there's cerebral moments in this one. You'll be thinking about it, but I'd recommend this one. I liked it a lot. This sounds cool to me. I, I like movies about cards in general. Yeah. 
And so this one is pretty fun. Card counting is in and of itself is such an interesting thing because it's not literally illegal, but Mm -hmm. you're not going to get away with doing it for very long at a time. So it's, it's a weird, it's a fun like world in which to set a film. I totally get what you're saying though about Tiffany Haddish. I think it's, well, we talked about Norm earlier. Norm was always Mm -hmm. Norm. And so Mm -hmm. you knew what you were going to get when you cast him. And, And I think people need to get on board with that with Tiffany Haddish as well. I think it is more of a casting point than a acting point she felt very out of place exactly you gotta have someone that can fold in if that's what the movie calls for that's the thing though is i liked her character every time she was on the screen i'm like it just was strange to me but it was just a weird choice all around and i could totally see that someone else playing that character and it feeling normal but like with tiffany haddish it just again i liked her in it but i didn't it just didn't feel like she was in the right place it was weird seek this one out and see for yourself whether you like Tiffany Haddish alongside Oscar Isaac in The Card Counter. This one's out there in theaters now. Likely to be available digitally before too long here. So go ahead and find that one if that sounds like it's interesting to you. Jared, uh, I'm really excited to hear about this next one because this is a movie I, that I've seen advertised and seems really interesting to me. Seth <laughs> said there were some questionable choices made in The Card Counter. I already know there are some questionable movie choices made in this one that I believe is out there on Amazon for folks to go see. Yeah, that is correct. I'm, 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 I guess I'm curious after I talk uh, what your thoughts or first impressions from just kind of a uh... You know, I'm assuming the trailers have been. It's an Amazon Prime movie. Honestly, from the trailer, it feels like it should be like a Lifetime movie. But it's called The Voyeurs. And essentially, it's a kind of erotic, sexy thriller where this Uh younger couple moves into an apartment. And they're moving in. You know, they're, you know, having a couple drinks because all of their stuff's not done yet. Eating on like a cardboard box. And then notice across the, the way... There is another couple, a very young, very sexy couple that's taking Uh-oh. photographs, having sex in front of the mirror, and they're like, oh, I think that they want us to watch because they don't have curtains or blinds or anything. So then you can see how that kind of uh, spirals into a very uh, scandalous uh, kind of movie and whatnot. It's kind of in that vein of like a basic instinct or whatever where there's twists and turns, kind of a mystery at some point, but it's very much about the sexiness of everything. Um, we have a Sweeney... Todd. Sw- Todd, no, yeah, Sweeney Todd. Yeah, Sweeney Todd is the lead. No, Sydney Sweeney, I believe. I think she's from like Euphoria or something. She's uh, kind of the lead, and she is a couple with Justice Smith, uh, aka uh, Detective Pikachu. And I think was he also in the Get Down? I believe. You're goddamn right. He was in the Get Down. Yeah. Um. So that's the couple, and I, I just think all around the acting was not that great. I mean, the way the mystery played out, there's a few twists and turns that really grabbed me, but the rest of it is very. I personally think it was just an excuse for these young, attractive people to get as naked as possible. Hell yeah! Um, if this Sydney was playing basketball, I'd have to call her for double dribble almost every single time. Um, <laughs> Holy crap, that's so good. (laughs) Because, my lord, if you want to see this movie, just watch. I'll I'll send you time codes because. If you are looking for uh, Amazon and whatever kind of movie, this is it. Oh my god, the double dribble. I'm going to laugh about that for a week. Holy shit. That is why you watch this movie, I would You're say. You're the Because I, they got these extremely sexy people to be in this movie to do extremely sexy things. So, like, that's what the movie is. Man, that is, that's a fucking poster quote right there. Extremely sexy yeah. people doing extremely sexy things. <laughs> Jared Buckendall. <laughs> Amazon Prime, give, give Jared a call so you can get that pull quote. Yeah, you'll definitely get a pull quote. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, my God. A pull quote. No. Oh, my God. Jared's on fire, this one. (laughs) He really is. This this review is a little gross, Jared. It's really rubbing me the wrong way. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. But you're saying it's not very good, so it never really gets its footing. I really like feed. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Maybe a little bit of a stretch there. That was a reach around. Oh, wow. There he is. Wow. I was interested in this movie because it looks sexy. I'll just be completely honest with you. It, it looked like really sexy when I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, this looks like it's 
I don't know, thrilling enough to warrant, you know, watching a bunch of sexiness. And the cast is obviously looks looks pretty interesting. So if you are in the mood for this type of movie, then go check out <laughs> The Voyeurs. This is or on to Amazon whoop Prime. It. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. If you got uh if you need to do a little tenderizing of the old beef, then you can maybe uh, maybe check this one out. <laughs> so, Jared, you're saying probably not one to, to hang out with the boys. Boys! And watch. Maybe, maybe one to watch alone or with your boo? Yeah, I would say with your boo because that will definitely, uh, I'm assuming, turn on both of you. And you will then become a voyeur of the voyeurs of the voyeurs. Uh-oh. There Uh-oh. you go. Yeah. Voyeurception. I, I don't know how that's going to sound on the edit, but you both came through saying voyeurception at the same exact time to me, and it was really <laughs> That was awesome. I'm just thinking about, like, so, yeah, this, like you said, this is apparently a super sexy movie with boobs all over the place, right? This is, like, even more extreme than what we had, you know, back in the day. I'm thinking, like, back of seeing movies like Old School or whatever, like, you'd get a couple seconds of boobs, right? This sounds like it's mm-hmm. full-on sex. There's kids who have access to Amazon Prime. There's probably parental controls or whatever, but how many parents actually do that? There's probably 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds, like, maybe not 15, like 12, 13, 14-year-olds who are hanging out with their friends and, like, you know what, let's turn on this movie. I bet there's boobs in it. And they get full access to, like, straight-up porn, basically, for no consequence. Like, what? How lucky are these kids? We used to have to fucking, like, hope we got skipped. We used to have to, like, hope there was free HBO on the weekends. Seth, you are speaking my language because these damn kids have got it far too easy. We had to hunt, and you would watch the same scene. It's only a 10-second scene, but that's all you had. <laughs> you say 10 seconds, Jared? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. That's a gross sound. I really thought, Seth, that you were about to take the angle of, like, how do we protect the kids from the the nudity? (laughs) And you were like, these sons of bitches got it too easy. Right? (laughs) How do we protect the kids? I just remember the hardships back in the day of, like, you, especially, too, if you, like, missed the free HBO weekend. The best thing that ever happened uh, to me in my entire life to date is when I got DVR because then I could DVR and my DVR is separate from my parents so I could DVR Cinemax oh. um, or HBO and stuff I wouldn't even have to stay up for it I could fucking set the recorder go to bed and wake up and there's boobs on my DVR bada boom that is that's working the system prior um, to DVR I'd have to like wait stay up till like 1am for Skinemax like it was, it was rough back in the day. Whether you're a, uh, a young kid looking for some easy-to-access boobies or if you're on a date night uh, and you want to watch a movie that's going to make your boo go... Please, show me your dick! Then uh, <laughs> it sounds like Voyeurs is the movie for you. If you're looking for an excellent film, yeah, you know, there's other ones out there. Uh, this got 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, so some folks are going to like it for sure. But again, it's a shame. Uh, Justice Smith, Sydney Sweeney, Amazon Prime, you can go check this one out in the privacy of your own home which sounds like that that would be the way to do it. So I think Rotten Tomatoes really missed a golden opportunity here to, no matter what the reviews came in, just constantly keep this movie at 69%. 69. 69. <laughs> they should be able to do that. They really should. Let's take a very sharp turn and go from some sexy fun to some scary, scary horror from the sound of it. Whoa. Seth, why don't you set this one up for us? It's the latest from James Wan. Well, weirdly enough... There's a lot of 69ing in, in this movie, too, so uh, get ready. This one is, uh, yeah, you said James Wan, uh, Malignant is the, this movie. It's on HBO Max now, where I watched it. You can also see it in the, in the movie theaters, if you'd like. No recognizable actors and actresses in this one, so, uh, you know, I'm just going to skip that part. Also, to set this up would be to give away some brilliant moments uh, in this one. <laughs> so, essentially, uh, this woman, she... Beginning, beginning of the film is pregnant. She's with a abusive husband, we'll say, and she ends up losing the baby uh, in a pretty uh, creepy moment uh, with some supernatural things going on. Uh, the beginning of the movie too, like, starts off with this kind of crazy, bloody, gory scene. A mysterious being of some sort uh, in like a, a hospital, like definitely a research hospital of some kind. Clearly, some weird testing going on and things like that. So. Again, don't want to say too much of this one because the less you know about this one, the better mm-hmm. it's going to be and how it'll be way more fun. What I'll say in terms of like the horror parts of it, there are a few jump scare moments, especially early on, because I think this movie 
starts off like kind of being one way with how you might think the supernatural elements are going on. And then it kind of takes a turn and it feels like a mix of a bunch of different movies. And I think Jared, that's something we talked about last night is that this almost has like a mix of a few different James Wan's movies in it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm not the biggest uh, James Wan. I haven't seen his whole catalog, but like this movie is almost genre evolving, but almost Mm -hmm. like a highlight reel, like greatest hits of what James Wan has done, because Mm -hmm. there's definitely pieces that feel like saw. There's definitely pieces that feel like they're ripped straight from the conjuring. I have not seen insidious, but people were saying that there's peep, pieces of that as well so like almost like with action like aquaman at times yes too, like. yeah. oh my gosh one <laughs> yes oh my gosh i didn't even think about that yeah he basically was like okay guys i have already made you a ton of money i'm going to do whatever the f i want here and mm-hmm. that like the more and more i think about this movie the more and more i think that this is one of the fun most fun movies i've watched this year yeah i i would agree with you like yeah it's it is a lot of fun like with, in terms of the genres, uh, it, so it gets like supernatural horror, like jump scary. Then it gets gory. Some really fucking gory moments happen in this movie. And then, yeah, there's some actually pretty sweet action in this. Like cool shooting action, like a, you know, like a cop movie. But then like some fucking cool fighting actually in this one. I liked it a lot. I, I mean, it's, again, I don't want to say too much because there's some pretty wild turns in this thing. <laughs> some things where you're like, huh. <laughs> They're going that that way, huh? But yep, yep. Oh yeah. If I give you a hundred guesses, you wouldn't get it. At least right now, you might be able to get it later on, or kind of start to get towards that direction. They that the thing about it though is it gets wild, but it makes sense. They make it make sense. So it's never like what happens isn't like that. Okay, that's fucking stupid. Like, and it is kind of dumb, but it's also it's a campy movie. But it's it's not something where it just completely comes out of left field and there's nothing to back it up prior. Like they actually do a good job of kind of connecting everything too. Yeah, but I liked it. Campy has been a, a word that a lot of people have used to, to describe it, and I would I would agree with that in certain parts, but because it's such a weirdly, like, just mashup of genres, I think parts of it are taken seriously, too. But I would recommend this. If you like horror in any form, I think there's something to enjoy out of this. But if you like action, too, there's some cool action. Fan of the Saw-type movies, there's some stuff there. Um, nothing mm-hmm. too, like, jump-scary where it's, like, it made me angry, but... If you can get past the few jump scares in the beginning, I think, then you're okay there. And that's the thing is, like, you know, coming from Seth and I, we're not the biggest horror fans. We get scared, I would say, a little bit easier than you, Cody, I'm assuming. But I, I mean, I had a good time with it. You know, a few times that I'm like, ah, screw you for, you know, making me a little scared. But I was fully on board for uh, the, the journey of this film, I would say. I am utterly confused by all of that. Uh <laughs> But it sounds like it's doing a lot and that you guys enjoyed it. So I'm simultaneously, I feel like I know even less about the movie now, but I'm more excited to see it. Like, I, I got to know what you're getting at here uh, and what you're not saying. So pretty wild. Uh, mm-hmm. being that this is on HBO Max, this is definitely going in my queue. And I've got some time this week, actually, to, to check some things out. So uh, yeah, and I am I am a fan of James Wan and, and I, I will almost certainly get all of those references because I've seen I'm pretty sure I've seen every James Wan movie since Saw. He's one of those guys that I, I don't think about the fact that I'm going to a James Wan movie, but I end up seeing them all. So very excited to check out Malignant. Go out in the theaters if you're brave. Otherwise, stay at home, wrapped up in the blanket and watch it on HBO Max. Uh, maybe a nice little double feature with the voyeurs. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how sexy <laughs> this one is. <laughs> so we've got a few recommendations. We've got Malignant, The Voyeurs, The Card Counter, as well as Breaking Point and Phil Wang's Philly Philly Wang Wang, available on the streaming services and or in theaters now. Check those out, and we're going to wrap up our reviews there. Mom, what do you think? I love it! I hated it. And we'll look forward here to the weekend. Jared, why don't you give us a rundown of what is coming out uh, for the folks that are looking for something new here. It's coming right for us! Yeah, there's a handful of things, uh, mo- mostly just kind of uh, the, the movie theaters this weekend. So we have Cry Macho, we have uh, Clint Eastwood uh, coming back in essentially The Mule 2, uh, Keep on Muling. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess he jumps down to Mexico to bring some child back. I guess and get I don't more know. pecans. Yeah. So if you uh, are above the age of fifty-five or a racist, this movie is probably for you. <laughs> also, um, why are you listening to this podcast if that's your <laughs> please email me? <laughs> um, someone's gonna have to fill me in for Blue Bayou. I don't know this one. I don't know a ton about it. I uh, I know that Alicia Vikander's in it. 
think there's some some stuff about like immigration things going on there De- yeah. deportation stuff like that reviews are okay it seems like from what i've seen I'm, I'm gonna check it out yeah. but i don't generally know the overall i've seen the trailer like maybe once or twice yeah i think you're you're pretty close there seth i, I think this is gonna fit into that minari kind where you've got mm, yeah. uh, an immigrant who's led here by justin chan and uh he's in louisiana so he's kind of a Louisiana Bayou type dude, but he's Korean American, so I think a uh, lot, lot to do with race and and sort of immigration and mixing in Blue Bayou there. I thought this was Stephen Young the whole time. I, I need to do some checking <laughs> in on my unconscious biases, I think. But uh, yeah, this one uh, looks like it's getting very dramatic. Looks like it's getting some good reviews. The other one is going to be uh, the Eyes of Tammy Faye. I believe that this is following the uh, real life televangelists. I believe um, mm-hmm. and kind of the inner workings and maybe the moral code that this uh tammy Faye has andrew garfield is in it is it jessica chastain chastain yeah yeah yes, chastain. It is. yes and she chastain. looks wild the the makeup on these two is wild for this uh, yeah so <laughs> this looks intriguing yeah i don't know if that one's playing everywhere that one's a slower i think limited release yeah very limited release for that one um i know it's playing at the indie theater here not this weekend but next weekend so i'm gonna definitely check it out then at least I'm excited about that one. Michael Showalter directed that one as well, who did, like, Veep. There we go. Um, uh, TV, if you're a fan of Sex Education Season 3, people, you know, if you like that, check that out. Season 3 is coming out. And then, Seth, uh, your bud, Jerry Butts, is Jerry Butts. Theater, right? <laughs> Shout yeah, out Jerry, Jerry Butts. Butts. <laughs> in Cop Shop. I don't know a whole lot about this one. i just seen that it's a uh, – I think it takes place in the Jerry 70s. Jerry Butts original. Yeah, it's a Jerry Butts original. Um, I'm I'm not going to go any further on that. So is the voyeurs, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so keep an eye out for old Jerry Butts. He looks like he's going to do some shooting. He's a wily con artist who's going to devise a scheme Ooh, to hide out like in that. a small town police station. But when the hitman turns up at the precinct, an unsuspecting rookie cop finds herself caught in the crosshairs. Ooh, oh, this could be good. Let's go ahead and wrap up our uh, our coming soon there. It's coming right for. And we got to get to one more thing so we can get the folks out of here. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Seth, I got to commend you on a recommendation you made. Aquafina is Nora from Queens. Uh, I'm catching reruns of season one on HBO Max right now. Very Ooh, fucking yeah. funny. Aquafina is hysterical. I, I don't think she misses. I, I think we're going to, in a few years, we're going to be talking about Aquafina as like one of the like really well respected comedic actresses. I, I think she's doing su- such good stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Nora from Queens really just feels like she's playing around and uh, you can kind of feel her do, wanting to do different things here and there. Talking about card counting earlier, I just watched an episode where she she's counting cards but doesn't know it's illegal. <laughs> and she ends, up, <laughs> she ends up outing, she, someone asked her at the table, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but it's a small joke in an otherwise lot of episodes show. Someone asked her like, how are you winning so much money? And she's like, oh, I just do this, 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 and this. And they're like, oh, that's counting cards. And she's like, yeah. And, <laughs> and she has no idea. And it just sets up this really funny scene in an episode that also has some hilarious, I'll say, uh, competing grandmothers uh, in it as well. So Nora from Queens, if you haven't checked this out, especially if you're going to have a cocktail or some recreationals, uh, I would recommend this one out on HBO Max. A lot of fun, especially if you enjoyed Aquafina and Shang-Chi and want to keep the fun rolling. A lot of different genres and things, experimental episodes, kind of like a, I've described it to people as like a... Uh, her version of like a Dave or Atlanta doing just some, you know, not quite as serious or like thought provoking, but her just trying out a bunch of different stuff with genres and comedy and things like that. So I'm glad you're liking it. I, it's one of my favorites. My one more thing is last week we, we talked about this big old birthday bash I was having and I am here to report everything that I said I was going to do. I did maybe 10% of that. Um, <laughs> I ended up actually working, you know, quote unquote working. I wanted to get a few videos out because obviously I saw Malignant and I wanted a review and an ending explained in 60 seconds, a little bit of a change there, friends. But my, I, I don't know, I, I think maybe I just put too much uh, emphasis on maybe having this grandiose birthday. I always feel like everyone's like, you gotta do something special, you gotta do something special. I went and pretty much had food and drinks for maybe three hours. That was about the extent of it, but the highlight of the evening, I came back and Seth and I just rolled 
so many fools in <laughs> dodgeball online. I needed one day, one good thing to go my way. We murdered these fools constantly for like two hours. So that was Hell uh, yeah. that was a good uh, ending to the birthday, I would say. So dodgeball for the win. Hell yeah. Knockout city, man. Issuing those headshots. We're getting to the time of the year now. Obviously, football's back. But one, one thing that's also coming back is my TV shows, my programs, my stories. <laughs> and uh, I already know... <laughs> That uh, a week from today is the premiere of Goldberg's. And I know the season premiere is the episode where they're going to basically do their tribute episode to Pops, the um, George mm. George Siegel who passed away. And that one is going to make me cry lots. So I already know that I'm in store for uh, which is, that show weirdly already makes me like tear up a lot because there's a lot of like s- sentimental family stuff and they just do a good job of writing that show it's very formulaic but it gets me every time kind of like this is us which is also in its last season so man i'm gonna be doing a lot of crying this fall i think buy some stock in kleenex because Seth, seth's gonna get wet this fall uh jv <laughs> issuing those birthday headshots in knockout city and uh recommendation here for nora from queens on hbo max that's what we got for you in one more thing but i'm down to one more, one more thing All right, folks. Well, thank you again uh, for joining us this week, Uh, and we hope you'll join us this coming week on Wednesday the 22nd. Uh, We're going to be doing this very show, The Entertainment Outhouse, live, live, live at 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, over on the J-Buck Studios YouTube page. At Jared Buckendall. Make sure you come join us. uh, Hop into the comments. Join the conversation. And don't forget to head out to our website, sociallyconstipatedpod.com. Engage with us over there. Follow all of our social media profiles. Like our videos. Share podcasts. You know, however it is you can interact with the show, you're going to get entered to win some movie tickets, maybe some chic stickers, maybe some additional surprises. Dot 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 question mark tease. Uh, so make sure that you join us on Wednesday so that you can be a part of the fun. Have a lot of fun with those live episodes. So for now, though, we're going to wrap up this episode of The Outhouse. For Jared Buckendall and Seth Ott, I've been Cody Michael. We'll see you next time. Bye.